It's our great pleasure here to get some insights in the news shaping the markets, and we have a very special guest right here on set with us for the very first time. It's my pleasure to introduce to you Randy Frederick, Managing Director, Trading and Derivatives at Charles Schwab. Thank you so much for being Hello, here. Nicole. Great, Great to be to with you. Great to see you in person. Um, I know you're on the network all the time, but isn't it nice to be back here in person and uh, see the action? However, yesterday's action was a tough one. I mean, when you see the Dow, I know everybody follows the S&P, but I, everybody loves to talk about the Dow. When you see that down 1,200 points, the seventh largest point drop, and the S&P uh, 170 points, that was the fifth largest point drop. It just shows it's not an historic day, but it was a big move lower. What are your thoughts now that we got the PPI in today? Well, it was historic, but um, as you know, because of how high it is, when you talk about point changes, right. it can be really big. But from a percentage standpoint, it was still the largest down day in almost a little bit over two years. In that fact, is certainly what's the largest saying. this year. Right, since 2020. And 4% days just don't come along all that often. If there's a positive side to it, it's the fact that we had four very solid up days in a row just before it happened. And believe it or not, even with yesterday's route, it did not completely reverse everything we'd gained in the four previous sessions. Right. So overall, we're essentially back to where we were before the, that irrational exuberance, if you will, started a, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, going back to FedSpeak. Um, and at this point now, as we have two sets of prints to digest, yesterday's CPI and today's PPI, of course, we still see inflation here hovering around 40-year highs. Um, foot on the gas for the Fed, right? Yeah, no question. I mean, I think the markets reacted a little too much, but again, we had some, some cushion there. Um, and the PPI generally doesn't impact the markets as much as the CPI. And the PPI came in soft, which is a good sign. It doesn't always translate into lower CPIs down the road, but at least I think it gave everyone a little bit of a sigh of relief. But there's no question that the CPI moved the Fed's probability of a three-quarter point hike from about 90% to definitely at 100%. And there's right. even talk of a potential 4% now. I don't think that'll happen. Right. Uh, historically, when the odds are greater than about 60%, whatever that probability is, then it happens. We're still only at about a 30% probability for a 1% hike, and it's coming next week. So I'd say right. three quarters is almost a certainty, and that's pretty much what everyone, I think, can count on. That's right. We were watching Fed Funds futures very closely. Right. I know Nomura was the, running out with the big call on, on the possibility of one full percentage point. Um, that being said, how concerned are you about the economy and what happens after and the soft landing? I mean, if we're going to get multi right, three sets of hikes this year, can it, can it be done? And if, if we are to pull back, maybe could it be quickly? Yeah, I think what's unique about this particular recession, assuming that we're even in one, we're in at least a technical recession, is the fact that the labor market has been incredibly strong. And frankly, the consumer has been pretty strong. Right. Certainly the people at the lower end are struggling. But for the most part, those of us in the middle, uh, we're not canceling our vacations. We're not not driving because we can't afford to fill up our gas tank. We're buying all the groceries we're buying, certainly. Um, but the labor market is still very, very strong, and that is a unique thing. Now, granted, the monthly reports we get, are they tend to be lagging, mm -hmm. so they oftentimes have to catch up. But we are theoretically seven, eight, nine months into right. this pullback or this, right. this downturn. So I think that is unique, and it, what it does is the Fed obviously has two mandates, as we know, employment and prices. Right now, they can continue to push the gas on pricing because they've got so much strength in the labor market right. without really crushing it too badly. And I think that gives them some uh, a lot of room to move. That, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, we've had an extremely tight labor market. And as we see jolts and we see the number of jobs available, nearly two you know, right. per, per person looking for a job. I mean, that is a good picture there. As we see what's going on in the markets, 
You made a great point. I mean, there are some who are struggling to pay gasoline and food. Um, and then you have the wealth effect, those who are losing in their 401k or the value of their home. At what point, as we are, what, 18% uh, off the highs for the S&P 500, almost 30% for the NASDAQ, you know, next year, at what point do you think that there is this turnaround? What are people looking for? Because they, you, you made a great point, too. We didn't make a new low, right? Because the, the S&P was up over 5% in those right. four trading days. Right. So yesterday we sold off and um, it didn't make a new low. So that was a good sign. I felt good about that. Well, in fact, we're still 7% from the S&P standpoint off the low, which we hit in mid-June. Right, right. And I do think there's a good possibility over the next six weeks or so until the next Fed meeting, which is on 11-2, that we might go down and test those lows a few times, but I really don't think we're going to break those out. Uh, I think that's going to be the bottom, but I just don't see, think we're going to have a whole lot of progress here over the next four to six weeks. Right. But then it will set us up nicely, I think, for a potential Q, uh, rally in the latter half of Q4, which we oftentimes see. And when the market's a little lower, there's a lot more room for that. But as long as the Fed doesn't see any real deterioration in the labor market, I mm -hmm. think they can afford to continue to, to push hard on the on the on the rate hikes and. We don't really even need the Fed to reverse and start cutting rates in order for investors to get optimistic and bullish. They'll get bullish as soon as the Fed pulls back right. on the amount of the hike. So in other words, if we get three quarters next week, which I think we will, and then we get a half a percent on 11.2, that right there will be enough to probably spark people to become bullish towards the year end. Yeah, that'll be interesting because then we may have the Santa Claus rally, something right. that we often look for. We got to make it through midterms. Um, and there's a lot of traders down here. I mean, that's the beauty of ha being down here on the floor is that, you know, if stocks are moving or I'm watching certain levels, you know, I have the opportunity to go into any booth and, and talk to the traders who are watching every tick by tick. They're on the phones with the desks upstairs. It really is nice to have the finger on the pulse of the market. Um, you know, I know they're watching 3,900. I know they're watching 3,800. And many of them believe that we will have an uptick um, into midterms. Right. I mean, what do you think of that? Are you watching some of those key levels Yeah, I mean, obviously well? political factors are, are a big component of the markets these days. They yeah. have been for quite a while, really probably since 2016 at least. And uh, certainly that's a factor. It's not as important as a presidential election, but it certainly right. isn't unimportant because it does signal a potential changeover in leadership in, in either the House or the Senate or potentially both. Now, I think that's one factor that will contribute to this volatility that I expect to happen. But right. I think by the time we get just past the midterms again, We'll be right past the Fed's rate hike. We'll be just past the midterms, and we'll have about six, seven weeks of the year left. That's when that Santa Claus right. rally could very well spark. And I you think. also have the window dressing, and you know sure. there's a lot going on here. And I also think you know we've had some light volume. You know, summer it was Labor Day week, and um, people are back in full force. And you do have coordinated effort by central banks around the globe, pretty much um, moving higher. That being said, I think this consumer is an interesting story. We were just just to circle back to the inflation picture. While they've gotten some relief at the gasoline pump, mm -hmm. shelter, um, travel, food, food yeah. it really is extremely difficult for folks. I mean, to to navigate through this, right? I mean, how, how do you look forward to going forward? Because we can't become complacent on inflation. And there are some who think the Fed should slow down a little bit because maybe some of their past regs, rate hikes haven't kicked in. We've seen it in housing. But, you know, what do you think of that when it comes to the consumer? It was well, it's true. And I think, yeah, and I think it's something that we think about a lot lately is that, you know, anything that's done at the governmental level, that the national level, takes a very long time to take effect. But yeah. I think we think we expect to have instantaneous response. Um, 
you know, again, many consumers in the middle and upper classes have not pulled back at all on spending. Yeah. So if we really want inflation to come down, it has to get to a point where people at all levels stop for a minute and say, ah, maybe I won't spend that. Maybe I won't take that vacation or I won't buy that, you know, that new uh, living room suit or have my kitchen remodeled or whatever that mm -hmm. might be. We just really haven't seen that just yet. And as long as people are either employed right. or they're retired, they seem to have plenty of money to spend. Now, most of the fiscal incentives that were in place post-COVID have, have ended. Right. And, but people built up an enormous amount of savings during that time, which is now being drawn down, but they haven't gotten back to where they were pre fiscal incentives Good and point. so there's still a little bit of money about there left to be spent yeah with all that uh, fiscal stimulus we saw household wealth overall right. uh, move higher and people are digging into the savings which always is concerning but I think you make a, a key point that we're not below the prior level quite yet no. and so I, I think that's a point well taken uh, just any final thoughts I know you're managing director of trading and derivatives but anything that you're thinking about or watching I you know I want to give you the floor here to just ke keep us abreast of things of what you're seeing or what you're talking about in the office one thing I think is pretty fascinating because it's something I watch a lot is volatility in the VIX index yes you know every every bear market we have had since the VIX index was first created which goes back to 93 has resulted in a, what we call a capitulation or a blow-off top where the VIX has spiked well above 40. We haven't had that yet this yep. year. I don't think that guarantees that it'll happen, but it does show that the decline and the pullback and the, the recession, if it is one, is a mild one. Even right. the bear market, which only got down from an S&P standpoint to about minus 23%, has been pretty mild. We haven't had a single spike above 40 during this bear market at all. In fact, I think we got around 36 or so was about as high as we've gotten. And even with a downturn like we had yesterday, the volatility index was very mild. It didn't even hit 30, which right. tells me that yes, people are uncomfortable. We're complaining a lot about high prices. We have a little bit right. of anxiety, but no one is panicked, at least not yet. Right, and I mean, you have a lifetime of experience with Schwab and you've been down here and we know what capitulation truly feels like. And with the VIX at 26.32 today, I think I think you make a great point. I mean, during 2020, wasn't it above 80? Oh yeah, at one it, point, when, right? when COVID first hit in March of 2020, it spiked all the way to 80. The See? level of panic now isn't even remotely yeah. close to that. Yeah, I think that's a good point. That's something that we'll continue to watch for, Randy. Thank you so much. You're it's welcome. It's wonderful to have you here on set with us today. Randy Frederick, Managing Director, Trading and Derivatives at Charles Schwab.